Do you want to get into the uh, the top 100 songs event? I'll certainly do do my best with with it. Okay, 100. I could not leave cannot quite leave this song out of sequence because, it, with the one exception, it's probably the, the first Prince song I really heard, and I fell in love with it, and it still holds meaning to this day. See. One, let's see, 100, I Would Die For You. Okay. Okay, then 19, let's see, 99, Let's Work from Controversy. Really stick groove nice. with this one. Nice. Okay. 98, In This Bed I Scream, which is another kind of shout-out to Wendy and Lisa. He supposedly either wrote this song to, like, maybe try to fix things after, like, the revolution breaking up. And supposedly he asked them for, like, thoughts on the song, and they said he didn't use any of his suggestions. I'm only getting that from what I heard on the Future Black podcast. But, yeah, I really, I really like the chorus especially. It's very catchy and memorable. Okay. 97. Okay. Look at me, look at you from Hit and Run Phase 2, which is not my only heard, like, maybe – seven times. Okay. Once, like, when I first got it, and then I spent, like, a week with it. But it was, like, maybe the one... There are a few songs that stuck out, but this was, like, the highest-scoring one. Just... I don't know. I will say that with this countdown, every album got... Every album I have is in here at least once, except for For You and The Vault and... Five Women from the Vault was probably my high, my favorite song off of that. And listening to me, look at me, look at you, I was like thinking maybe that's why I, I like I kind of liked it because it somewhere in the back of my mind maybe it reminded me of it. <laughs> right. Okay, ninety six, Dreaming About You from Just Two of Emancipation. Oh, that's okay. oh, that's one of those dream songs. I love that one. Uh, 95, yep. So Far So Pleased from Raven to the Joy Fantastic. Yep. Should have been released as a single. It, it's such oh, a good song. I was just going to say the same thing. Yep. Okay. Yep. 94, Starfish and Coffee. And there's a funny story with this one because I was doing everything on a spreadsheet that kind of, and that was like helping me kind of like have my numbers straight. And I realized later on that, oh, I have a header on line one, and I have one spot left, spot left for the top 100. So Starfish and Coffee got it, just got in. And I heard about. Oh wow! So yeah, this one was kind of an, an interesting go this time around because I, Susanna Melvin did a, did an interview or a podcast with somebody where she was talking about the story behind it. So that was that was kind of cool, and I always thought it was just a, a nice. Nice little pop song in the middle of the album. Okay. Okay, 93, Hello, which is the B-side for Pop Life, Um, one of my first B-sides. And whenever I put it on, it just puts a smile on my face. I love love the music, love Wendy and Lisa kind of like flanking him as if they're like, I don't know, I don't know what visual I have in my head, but I see the, the the three of them together and just the whole vibe of it. 
and the fact he was writing about something that had recently happened to him, and he was trying to again explain himself through song. So that was kind. Of, that was something else that stood out. Okay, yep. ninety-two. Yeah, ninety-two. Wow, from Clutch of Electrum, which is oh, good. one of the one of the better album openers for sure, and it really right. set the tone for. Really set the tone for that that whole album, which is this really cool rock and vibe. And and see, 91, Picture Life Up from the same album. Yeah, the beginning of it reminds me of a song by the Cars, but somehow I just think after that, it's it's its own song. And I really love the drum beat with this one. Hannah did a great job on the, on the drums, and I always tap my fingers to this one. Uh, see, 90, A Thousand Hugs and Kisses from Hit and Run Phase 1. Oh. Yes. Love this song. Yes. yes. I didn't know at the time that it was like an older song that he just like brought back, but uh, it was. It's. It felt like he was overdue for like a love song like this. Like I, somewhere here on earth was the last one that came to mind. So for me, it was like a really long period, and then the, I heard this one. It's like, oh, this is great. Yeah, '89, Mr. Goodnight, which is. Uh, love that song. Moving on, <laughs> I, I was just talk too long on that one. Not a lot of people like Prince, like like rapping on at, on songs and trying to be like cool and stuff. But I'm, I don't know. I couldn't help but fall in love with that one. Yeah, actually, I'm going to be doing a cover of that really soon, so be on the lookout for that. Sick. Okay. Cool. Okay. <laughs> 88 Whitecaps, which is probably my. I think it's my hair song off the Pups from Electric album. I love the whole vibe of it. It makes me think of summer. And it was like one of the songs, like after April 21st, 2016, that I listened to a lot just to kind of make me feel okay again, that sort of thing. So. Right. I don't know if you saw on Twitter that there's actually a, a Baron3121 on Twitter said that there's actually a version of Whitecaps with Prince on vocals. So, I don't know if we're Oh, yeah, gonna... I, I, I think I might have come across the tweet. I don't know if that's going to end up leaking at some point or, or not, but I'd love to hear that version as well. Yeah, yeah good yeah, song. Yeah, just to get compare, yeah. Okay, 87, yeah, exactly. There we go. Love that oh, song. Oh, man. Yeah, such a sick groove and... Like this, this is like one of those songs. Like, with Prince in general, there are some songs where I, I just like to like airplay like everything. Like this one, it's like I'm kind of like I'm doing the drum beat with one hand. I'm trying to do like 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 that synth line with the other, and just sick groove. Eric leads on saxophone, just really killing it with this one. Oh, Definitely yeah. one of the, hi- the highlights from that particular. Double disc set for sure. Okay, eighty six. Yep, yep. Eric Leeds, great job on that one. Eighty six. Case of You from One Night Alone. I don't like Prince doing covers, but this is definitely one of the better ones. And I had heard like the the original maybe once or twice, and like uh, no offense to Joni Mitchell, I mean, she, she's definitely one of Prince's biggest influences, but. I don't personally get into her vocal style personally. 
and I felt he did like a really good job with it, just making it his own. Yep. Okay. 85, most beautiful girl in the world from the gold experience. Another really nice pop song. I'm sure a lot of people are like really sick of this one. They don't like the overproduction on the album, but I heard the album version first. So I do have a little, I hold, I hold a torch for that one in particular. Okay. Uh, oh, this is going to be a tough one. <laughs> uh Apologies to MC. Endorphin Machine is 84. He loves this one. and Okay. Yeah. I, I like this one a lot more. And actually, I've, I really got into this. Well, over the past couple of years, I really got into it. But I was listening to it for the week, and I was, like, thinking, I'm probably going to give this, like, maybe uh, a nine or something. I was going to give it, like, just a like for the components. But... Then I started listening to it. I'm like, wait a minute. It's like I really get into the guitar and the scream at the end. It's like I, I like it too much to just give it that. So I ended up giving it a nine and a half. If it was, if I hadn't like really thought that through, it wouldn't have made the list at all. So, uh, huh. but yeah, definitely one of his best rock songs of all time. And oh, that scream at the end just kills you. So good. <laughs> Yeah, oh man, it do, it really, really does. One of the best screams on record from Prince, definitely. And I'll follow it up with another one. 83, Darling Nikki. Oh my gosh. Okay. Guilty pleasure for this one. I I heard about this one just like before the movie, and I was like shaking leading up to the scene because I was like, oh shoot, what's, how, what's it going to be like? What's he going to do? And then it's like, it took a while to kind of get used to it, and then something just clicked, like maybe six months later, and just really got into the song. And the intensity and the screaming and just crazy. And also that got to mention that the backwards tape for, like, the last part, and I actually heard the forwards version on a BBC radio special where they actually played it forward, and it's, like a gospel thing they kind of put after this really dark, creepy thing. But, right. Yeah, that's quite a star. Purple Rain, for sure. Okay, 82, yep. I Hate You, from Soul Experience. Okay. Oh, man. This one is so intense. Like, I, I ne- actually need the set. I don't like the sideways on the album so much, but I really need to have this one between it and gold because... Like, I need a minute to calm down after the end of it. It's like, he pours so much emotion into that guitar solo. It kills me every time. Oh. And it's, like, so so dramatic. And then it has that courtroom scene in the middle. And it doesn't sound, if you come off as cheesy, it comes off just, like, it just comes off really well. Very unique. Right, right. Okay, 81, come on from the... New Power of Soul album, which is technically an NBC oh. album, but French, you put yourself yeah. on the cover, so a lot of people consider it a Prince album. Yeah. Another infectious groove. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Okay. 80, Zanily from Chaos and Disorder. Oh, man, this it. is sick. This one is like, this is like so funny. Like, they have 
like a police scanner thing, and then there's like commentary, and this is one dude that's like seeing everything going on. He's like, "Oh, geez, we look at that," and then his, his coming officer is like, "Yeah, what? Yeah, it's like what's going on there?" He's like, "Oh, nothing. Time for." But I love the fact that he has a heavy Minnesota accent as well. Yeah, I know that too. Yeah, very it's far. It's just enough. hilarious. It's hilarious. Yep. Okay, 79, Ugh, another cover, another love from Fletcher Electrum. Yep. Didn't know this was a cover. I still haven't heard the original, and I kind of don't plan on it just because I don't want it to screw things up. I mean. The original is nothing like it, nothing like the cover yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people say it's, like, the best off of this album. It's like, uh, I'm not entirely sold on that just because it's a cover, but it's, like, Right. Yeah, shout out to Third Eye Girl with the backing vocals. That that really makes the song for me, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, 78, Laveau from 2010. Love this, just like the synth groove. It's very bright, and it just yeah. sticks in my head. I I think I focus on that more than the lyrics a lot of the time. And just, oh, man, it's so good. Love it. Yep. Okay. 77. Got this title right. Still would stand all time from Graffiti yep. Bridge. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I didn't quite get this one at first, but after, I think I've, I watched the movie twice the week I spent with the album, and it, it, it's still not quite one of my favorites, but when I do listen to it, it does suck me in. It's very poignant and chilling. Just from right. the musical production. Right. Okay. 76, Cinnamon Girl from Musicology. Okay. Yeah, this was, for a while, this was one of the highlights from the album. I, the story's kind of interesting. I don't, like, when Prince really goes into politics, because it, I don't know, it, it kind of, like, keeps me from enjoying the song because it, it gets too serious or i my mind's buzzing from the lyrics more than the music. But right. I just like the whole vibe of it. Okay, 75, Free Yourself, which I really, I've only heard a few times, but considering it was maybe because the last single he released in his lifetime, it's certainly something positive to, right. to like have around, especially after like finishing the albums. Like I didn't want to sink into the depression afterwards because like, it's like all over, and this kind of like picked me up a bit. And the whole love yourself so we could love you too message, that was that's a really good message. Yes, it is. Yep. Okay, yep. 74, she gave her angels from the crystal ball set. Nice. Oh, man. The music in this one is so good. Like, it's very poignant and, like, nice with the falsetto, and then it kind of quiets down, then bam, it kind of hits you musically and... Yeah, it may be repetitive, but each each repetition just kind of, like, pulls me in further, and I really like it. It feels almost like a emancipation leftover, which it might be. I really don't know. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And I was going to say it should be on emancipation. If it was on emancipation, it would be one of my favorite tracks from that album, definitely. Yep, Okay. 
73 baby nose from Brave and Unto the Joy Fantastic. It's not the extended version. It's the original version. Okay. This is just fun. Yeah. I always think about, like, him and Cheryl Crow on stage together at, like, a bar or, like, a, a pavilion at a festival or something. So it's, like, yeah. it makes me think of a live performance, and it's, like, kind of an interesting story also to go with it, but just the performance aspect, I really, I like that, that whole visual that comes every time I listen to it. Okay, 72. Feel good, feel better, feel wonderful. Oh, man. One of his best funk workouts, for sure. Well, I always think about a live, him performing it live, maybe because he did it on The Tonight Show. But, yeah, I think about that, and his sense of humor comes out in this one, too. I like the lyric where he's like, I don't know what I was thinking when I threw you the ball. And it's like, he, it hit three bystanders after you touched it. So they want to sue me, but they love me too much. <laughs> I, I always have to sing that one out loud with extra feeling. It's just so much fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay, 71, Circle of more from the Truth. <laughs> A lot of people wouldn't. Yeah write this one off just because it's like uh, any dude could have a fantasy about like sexual girls and it's like high school and all that. But I right. I don't know. I didn't see it that way. It just felt like uh, The Truth is such a good album. For some reason, I just really like this one and the story and the music. And it was like, it was kind of funny. I was listening to the Houston Black do, the, do the, a review on it and then player made a comment saying, that like I always thought the lyric was Mary Claire Denise and Bill and he's like this guy's got three girls like really (laughs) (laughs) that would like put a whole new twist on the song if that was true right exactly that that was one of those laugh out loud moments from the podcast that I'm going to remember for for always that was so funny but yeah good song okay uh what was that, 71? I'm up to 70. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, these next two, it's like they were songs I didn't really like at first or get. And then at a certain point I did, I think, with Fill You Up, I had to heard, hear the Camille version for me to really like it. I heard the original version on some old files, and I I, I don't know. I, I was so in love with Prince at that time, and... It just felt kind of offensive because, like, it's like, I don't really want to be your man. All he wants to is, and it's like, uh, this dude doesn't want a commitment. It's like, I'm not really feeling it. But for some reason, when Camille does it, it comes out off okay, and it's kind of a guilty pleasure type of song because of that. But it's like another, a sick groove I can't get out of my head. Yeah, another very sick groove, I was just going to say. 69, get off. Uh, I first saw heard this through the video, and just like the first few seconds, like him on, on under like a pile of like 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 there was like an orgy happening or something. Like, oh crap, what is this? So that kind of like, <laughs> spoiled the vibe of the the song for me. But yeah, nowadays I like listen to it and I I sing to it. Like I almost like for like Tony M's part in the rap, I almost feel like I do like a Vanity Six type of voice, like, when I'm, like, singing to it. But, yeah, that's definitely a good sick group of that one. Okay, 
68 Rock Hard Lover from Pen Run Phase 1. Hard Rock Lover. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's just sick guitar. Guitar work on that one, for sure. Yep. And, yeah, interesting story. Girl who's really into rock music and doesn't rap and R&B doesn't get her the same way, so... I can kind of relate to that maybe a little bit just because, like, I don't like rap, but I would probably be in on that. Okay. Okay. 67, Future Soul Song from 2010. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, it's so good. The only thing I kind of don't like about it is the chorus. It's like, this is the Future Soul Song. Like, really, that's it? That's all you got for a chorus? (laughs) But other than that, it's like... Oh, this one mesmerizes me. Kind of like, well, put on the right song and he can do that. It's like the flip of a hat, no problem. But it just like, uh, it's indescribable. And then at the the way it ends, it's kind of like a nice little, sometimes I, I will listen to it and I have to like take a breath at the end as if I'd stop breathing. Like every certain songs by him have that effect and that's one of them. Oh. Okay. See, 66, Power Fantastic, which I I wouldn't... I, I had this one laying around, but I hadn't heard it yet. And then on the Future Black B-Sides show, they mentioned it because it was on the B-Sides disc, so I figured, I don't give it a listen. And it's like, I, I still don't know this one all that well, but I really like the atmosphere of it. And it's yeah. it kind of like sucks you in. Gives you chills and all that. Okay, 65 Peach. Oh, really great groove. Three guitar solos in one song, and each of them is different. And yeah, his voice, he, he he almost sounds like he's like doing an Elvis type of thing with his voice, and it just works. Yeah, and interestingly enough, each of those three guitar solos were done on three different guitars. Oh, dude, blew my mind. That's insane. <laughs> Yeah, this is the very first song I've ever heard Prince play live in a sound check. Oh my god! It was just, wow. it, was, it was just me and maybe twenty other people, and uh, at the end of it, Prince looked at my sister and me and said, "Was that too loud for you?" And we were like, "Oh my no. god!" Yeah. Oh. So it was like. It was insane. Oh, wow. But, yeah. Okay, 64, Bob George from the Black Album. Oh. This one is creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's creepy, but it's funky. Yeah, and no, I think he did all the music with, like, a Fairlight or a Lindrum or something, but the vibe he got off of the mastery of the, the instruments he used, like, it's freaking insane. It's so cinematic and... Yeah, and the story, and, oh, man, it just kind of, it blows my mind to think about it, but at the same time, it does give me chills. It gives me the creeps also, so <laughs> I don't listen so, to it all that much. And it's so funny, though, too. I mean, it's really, really yeah, funny. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. That's, that's the crazy part. It's like, it's like, why don't you leave us alone? What's the matter with you? I don't talk about <laughs> you. It's, like, very quotable. Oh, um, definitely. Okay, 63, Electric Chair. Oh, that's like the one song from the Batman album I had to include. 
and it's not just because of Saturday Night Live performance, because I only saw that more recently, but it's just really love the guitar in this one, just the whole the whole story of it. I saw your friend first. That's who I danced with all the time. I was watching you. Like, wow. Way to get you into a song. Just the electric chair metaphor with his filthy mind, considering what it was back in the 80s with all the songs that he did. It seemed kind of fitting in that way. So. Right. Okay. 62 Love from 3121. Oh, man. Such a good one. Um, yeah, one thing I wanted to say about this one is he, 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 there are times he tries to sound current and he'll either succeed or fail. This is a success. It doesn't seem like he's trying too hard to like really make something that's like current and hip. And it just, I don't know, just, it just feels like natural. And his, uh, the, the, the duet with him and Tamar just works so well with this song. And it, and kind of, for anyone singing along to it, it gives something for, a, note, a key for for us to, any everybody to sing along with. And it's another right. one of those positivity songs I would like to put on the playlist one time. I because I don't know after everything that happened and like all this negativity about Prince and how he died and stuff and just what was coming out in the press. I needed something like this to listen to, and it was like. Don't worry about what people say. It ain't going to stop him anyway. That's that's right. something. And then, and he also released an acoustic version, and supposedly it was after the P Funk thing, and people said it was like a a love letter back to the fans or something. That's maybe the way I interpreted it. But I think that that one, I think I got through a trade with somebody else. The only time I I traded files with another person was. Like, and I ended up getting this one, and the acoustic version has its own nice little vibe. It's just an acoustic guitar with, like, some flutes in the background. It's just Prince, and it's, I don't know, just it feels a little more, like, grounded and honest, and I kind of like that about it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 61, New Power Generation, part one from Graffiti Bridge. Okay. Such a catchy pop song. It's so much fun to sing along with, and I like the lyrics were starting to sink in within like the first couple of listens. It's that good. Just huh. Prince and his like posse, and love the the backing vocals on the pre-chorus. I think Rosie Gaines sings some of them, and just that just yep. helps it bring it to life. And it's great. So much good energy. I love it. Okay. Okay, 60, Curious Child from Emancipation. Oh, love the vibe of this one. It makes me think of Romeo and Juliet every time. Huh. Yeah, I like it and Dreaming About You, just the two songs sequenced back-to-back and just just one of those perfect sequencing decisions that he's made. Yep. And it, they, just, they just run right, right into each other and it's like, oh, this is so nice, I don't want it to end. And then another song is after, and it's like it goes on for another four or five minutes, and it's like, oh. <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah, I wrote here. Sometimes it feels like the best thing ever, just those two songs together. Okay. 59, Money Don't Matter Tonight. Oh, love this song. Okay. Yes, yep. I love all these ones, so I keep repeating myself. Yeah, for a while it was <clears throat> the 
the final song off the very best of compilation. So I I was it was one of those unexpected songs. I didn't know he wrote anything like this at the time. And it's kind of political and it's and it's serious, but the message doesn't overtake the music. Like both of them seem to work hand in hand, and really great with the NPG on this. Levi on backing vocals just really brings it together. Yeah, that's one of those that I always sing. I always sing to myself for some <laughs> reason. I don't know why. I like the melody. Okay, 58. She's always in my hair. Oh, the B-side. My favorite It's an interesting B-side. story. Yeah, a lot of people share B-sides, I think. Yeah, interesting story. Rumor to be about Jill Jones, we don't know for sure. But yeah, quick shout out to her because she was. It was so nice of her to come on the show to like talk with you the other day. Yeah. Really got a lot out of that. Yes, like I really like the story of the song, but I think the music just really sticks with me the most. Like, I, oh, oh, it's a groove I will get in my head, and I will have to listen to. And I like how at one point it just kind of like strips down and then it builds back up again. Oh man, right. so good. Right. And then, and okay. then of course you got you got that guitar lick that he lifted from Sex Shooter. He just plays it slower on the guitar. It's a synth line from Sex Shooter, but he plays it on guitar. On she's always in my hair. Yeah, I did not know that. Okay, cool. Okay, oh, Fifty-Seven Thunder. Oh, there we go. Oh man, this is probably one of his more underrated openings. I mean, everybody thinks about Let's Go Crazy in 1999, but this one is, it's, my interpretation of this one is that it is, it's kind of him telling this, again, the story about why he decided to pull the black out, not to release it. Yep. And. Exactly. Yeah. And the only children born me will remain kind of that, that one line kind of made me think about that. But I think the instrumental prowess that he shows on this one is the thing that really stands out to me. It's like a big old showcase. And there's like dueling sense towards the end, and it's just killer every time. Really get like sucked into it. Okay, 56, The Morning Papers, off the symbol album. Love this song. I love this song. Such a good pop song that I wish more people had heard, even though the, the the content might be a little controversial, but again, it's Frenchy, it's controversial. Just like like uh, schoolboy fantasy and having to wait and age being a number or something when it comes to love, like that whole thing. But yeah, right. it's like great guitar, a couple of good guitar solos on this one. Just a really nice listen. Yep. Okay, 55, huh. same album, The Continental. Okay, yep. one. It, for me, it feels like the, one of the big numbers that much of the album builds up to, and it is epic. And it always makes me think of him doing it in, like, a live set, setting, him and Maite, like, just, like, marching down, like, the runway of the stage and just making a big old show of it. And I, yep. and I think he didn't perform this one live that much from what Prince Fault says. So that's kind of disappointing because that one would kill live, personally. 
Right. Yeah. Let's see. Fifty four. Let it go from the Come album. Oh, such a good, another good potential single. And then with this one, the thing that kind of stood out was, yeah, going through the album, or the 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 album insert beforehand, and there was backward text on there, and I was like, I can read. I read it without using a mirror to see what I said. And then I heard the second verse of the song and it's like, oh, that, those, those are the words from the album cover. They're in here. So that was kind of a nice thing to find out. Yeah. It's interesting that this was the final song written for the album. And it was kind of like one of the newer songs. And somehow it just doesn't feel out of place. But it, I think having like the sleigh bells kind of like help tie everything together. Right, exactly. Okay. 53, Thieves in the Temple. Oh, so good. That's definitely one of the highlights off of the very best compilation. I remember being so, I still am disappointed with like the whole visual that ended up going along with it. It's nothing like what I picture. I picture like Aladdin, the Cave of Wonders. Instead, it's like Oh, it's like the dark streets of Minneapolis, and he's like saying that couple of dudes stole his girl. And then I'm, I watched, I saw how he put it into the movie, and I'm like, dude, he's not, she's not even your girlfriend yet, and you're thinking about how they, they stole her away. That doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> but, right, but, right. Yeah, Middle Eastern vibe of it is definitely something that st- stuck out. And then the end, his scream at the end gives me chills. So. Really good song overall. Um, I re- I remember before I e- before I even knew that Graffiti Bridge was an actual movie. I remember hearing the song and it played out like a movie in my head. It played out like this guy going to this castle to rescue this girl and all the stuff. And I was like, they should make a movie out of that. And then I looked on the I looked on the cassette box and it said from the movie. Graffiti Bridge. I was like, whoa, that's kind of weird, but yeah. Great song. Yeah. Okay, 52 Insatiable. Ooh. Yeah, definitely one of his, for me, one of his best bedroom ballads. It's kind of hard to really pun to words why this one kind of sucked me in, but I just had a moment. Uh, I don't know if that was the week I had the album or when I had it in my car in April 2016. But something about it just kind of like sucked me in and just hit me somewhere. And it's like I hadn't quite forgotten that vibe, but yeah, that's a really good one. Okay. 51, Somebody, Somebody from Emancipation. Nice. Yeah, it's so crazy. He didn't even write the lyrics to this one. He, I think he was a collaboration. He put music to lyrics and just somehow it all like worked together. And this is one of the songs I like to like if that's in my on my iPod I like to like listen to it like before bed just to get that whole visual. Yeah. Really nice it's a chill it's a chill song, definitely. It's chill. Yep. Okay, we are cracking the halfway flames. 50 is Glam Slam. Okay. Oh, definitely one of the more theatrical songs off this album. 
Ooh, I mean, it's like I'm like just thinking about the beginning of it, and just it. I think it's like the same around the world in the day. Whatever this that groove, it kind of starts it, and then right. it just right. takes off from there. I don't remember if it's like four or five minutes long, even or even longer, but it's like so many musical highlights, and then just the way it ends and kind of. The music builds and all that's like oh that I love the sense the sense work on it it's so cool yeah it's really cool okay forty nine mountains oh, mountains okay it's only mountains and the sea there's nothing greater than you and me uh I don't remember who wrote what but uh, Wendy and Lisa collaboration with this one. And that's such a great revolution collaboration. Okay, which do you like better, the extended version or the regular album version? Well, it, if it was the extended version, it would be higher. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. It's not in, yeah, it's not the extended version. I don't think was ever released like officially, so I didn't really want to stray away from that too much. Right. So yeah, that's like the the one negative is that the song kind of ends prematurely, and I'm so used right. to like the extended version. Right. Yeah, great, great theme about with positivity, positivity and all that. So, okay, forty eight, pop life. Pop life. Okay. Another great revolution collaboration. Love the music for this one, and just like the the themes that are explored in the lyrics, but I think the music kind of sticks with me a bit, and I think there is a remix on The Ultimate Set, and I really like that one also. And I yep. sometimes I prefer it because the ending is different. I kind of don't like that sound sample he put at the end. It kind of disrupts things a bit. But yeah, it's I, kind of I, weird, isn't it? Yeah, no. He just, like, randomly threw it on there. And for... Yeah. Well, maybe not randomly. He had a, an idea behind it, as he always does. But, of course, everybody thought, it's like, oh, he saved the footage from the Rolling Stones shows where he got thrown off stage. Like, no, it was actually from a sound library. And he just, like, right. added that for a first or something. Right. Okay, 47, A Million Days. I did not know that this was an older song from the ball that he brought back for Musicology album. But maybe that'll explain why I like it so much. Really great yeah, kid fireworks. That's fun. Another one of those theatrical kind of big songs. Yeah. Yeah, always, I always kind of picture him performing it live. I listen yeah. to that stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. I feel bad this one ended up charting slow because I might have like, taken up, I don't know. Some days I really get into it. Sometimes I don't. It depends on the day. But 46 is 1999. Okay. Um, and this is like the, the first Prince song I ever heard. And it was like through the music video. And the crazy thing is that I went years without seeing it. But when I was going through them, and I, I picked out this one. I think it was maybe the third video I watched. And everything just like came back to me. Like I remember... Lisa and Jill together. I remember Des's headband. I remember 
the whole stage setup and the choreography and all that. It's such an iconic video. But it's, like, really cool now thinking about the production of it and how Prince actually played everything on this. It wasn't a revolution track. It featured them in the three-part harmony and the Sly and Family Stone style. But, right. yeah, he played right. everything. And yeah, with this one, I it was it was on a BBC radio thing. I think Terry Lewis was being interviewed, and he was talking about this song and how Prince kind of did the tuned up the production for like the lens drum, just making it sound like explosions. Like just another thing to right. think about. Like the, the whole production of the song is really amazing. It's it's a classic for a reason. Right, right, exactly. Okay. This is where my sequencing starts to not make sense too much. Okay. Yes, like based on, I think that was the point where I was at the 9.5 and I put songs higher up where I my component score is like a perfect five and the the technical stuff was just off, but I'm, I'm playing favorites here. So the se- the second mark is the one that, 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 ju- that kind of places everything. So the next couple of tracks are from the Rainbow Children album. The first one is Digital Garden, which not a lot of people seem to like. Um, but for some reason, I I like the whole vibe of it, the, the Afro drums and that really sick rock groove that comes halfway through. Like, like kind of, I think it's like an underrated solo, but then again, it's also kind of a, an album not many people really get into. I personally don't, for whatever reason, I do kind of like this song. And then 44 is Everlasting Now, which one of his best songs grooves for sure. And it's got Larry Graham on bass killing it. And yep. it's just very uplifting and positive. And kind of a nice way to help close out the album, though it's not quite the end. Right. <clears throat> 43, Have a Heart from When I Alone. I think it was one of, yeah, one of the highlights. I, one thing I want to say just about the album in general is that, I mean, Prince is kind of known as a guitar player, but I feel his character really comes out in his piano playing because it's very unique. Like, you can pick out that it's like, that, that's him. His piano work on this song in particular, I really like, and I love that that riff he does throughout it. Objects in the Mirror follows it, and they're kind of like in a suite together. And I don't like right. that song quite as much, but I like how they, he brought that piano riff back and added strings to it to kind of bring that vibe. And it's just like a really cool moment that kind of sucks me in. Okay, 42, Breakfast Can Wait from Artificial Age. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's very cheesy with all the metaphors, but for some reason I do like it. <laughs> uh, and there's some vocal moments like it's not—it's more Shemon than Camille, but there, the when that comes out, I kind of I like it and I get into it. It's kind of funny at the end where it just goes like really high up, like oh, it's like the best. Like he's like so happy, whatever the heck is going on, we'll leave to interpretation. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, 41, Active God from 2010. Yeah. Love that song. I don't always listen. I Actually, it's like one of those ones where the lyrics are kind of political, but 
the music it doesn't really get in the way of the music and it's oh man I, lo- I love that that chorus and just the music in general it's so good this is also one of those songs I can never recall too many specifics about it unless I'm like recently listening to it <laughs> maybe because it's still so new okay 40 Crucial from Crystal Ball oh there we go yeah. that's one of my favorites yeah yeah, I'm 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 still not quite as familiar with this one, but I do something about it. I really gravitate towards. It's not like I think it's like the best song ever, or whatever, whatever it is. But I, I adore comes up obviously because he says crucial in the song, and then I found this on Crystal Ball sometime later, and it's like, oh, he actually wrote a song called Crucial. Go figure. And I think Adore might have come after this one. But right. yeah, no, Adore is loved by a lot the majority of his fans, but for me I don't always get into it. I don't know why. Yeah. It, I I just don't sign on to it a lot a lot of the time and then but recently, like every now and then I do. Hmm. I don't right remember yeah. anything specific to even bring up with this with crucial, but when I listen to it it's always one of the highlights of that that particular disc or just the set in general. Well, his vocal his, his vocal is great on Crucial. I think oh, his, yeah. his falsetto is really, really good. Okay. Uh, 39 Clouds. Artificial Age. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah I think about this one. I think about the music again. That yep. The keys and the bass line, it's so uniquely French. It's a really nice song. I like the chill list every now and then, too. Yep. Very chill, very groovy songs. Um, yeah, the whole album is pretty much like that. It's a groovy, chill album, so yeah. Yeah, that's a great song. Okay. 38, Girls and Boys from Parade. Uh, so much fun. I always have so much fun with this one. Yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> He performs it in the movie, just like he just randomly performs it, and nobody questions it. But it's like kind of cool. The music video follows that, but then the revolution like comes in and he performs it with them. And right. I think I I saw part of the video before I even saw the movie, and I think it was at the end of like some interview he did in nineteen ninety nine. It was in like Germany or somewhere, but they had music videos throughout it and it ended with this one and then it ends with him just saying boo and then Jerome is like cracking up and nobody else is cracking up <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but yeah yeah fun listen I love how he split the the girls backing vocals between the two earphones that was kind of a unique thing for this particular song oh yeah definitely Okay, 37. You need another lover that you need a hole in your head. Oh, one of my favorite groups. Yeah, um, you know, first time I heard the Parade album, I think for most of it, I wasn't feeling the vibe too much. Maybe because, like, some of, some of the songs were kind of like, I don't know, middle of the road, nothing super spectacular. But this was, yeah, and I... I'll say it right now, I'm not a huge fan of Kiss. I will sing to it 
like shamelessly when it's on the radio, but I I never really got thought behind it with along like I do with so many others. But yeah, uh yeah, yeah, but with this one just from like the first couple of notes it just like kinda of, like hooked me in. And really great drum work. I love um Wendy and Lisa, and I think even Susanna do like backing vocals, and I like how they kind of like they sing the second verse and they alternate lines, and it doesn't quite line up, but it just ha- it's a really cool vibe. Yeah, one of the one of the best versions I think of that song is when he did it at the Super Bowl press conference in 2007. He, uh, oh yeah, I'll have to watch said- that again. He said he would take questions from the reporters. And, and then I, it's like, nope. It's rushing to exactly. guitar and his guitar to talking for the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I didn't mean for the segue to happen, but it's like, speaking of Super Bowl, we go to some, dude, okay, 36, which is Fall in Love Tonight, which was featured on New Girl, which the, the show was following the Super Bowl, in 2014. Right. So there's that happy memory that's kind of like I I have with this song because of that. I was a big fan of the show and it was like really cool to find out Prince loved the show also. And he wanted to be like a love guru for Nick and Jeff. And I really liked that relationship. So that was kind of an interesting thing. And it was just cool seeing his acting and then his sense of humor coming out and his own little quirky ways. And then we have this new song, and then when I, it finally came out on uh, Hit and Run, Hit and Run Phase 1. I have to remind myself, <laughs> Hit and Run Phase 1. That was a really nice thing. I didn't quite expect it to, to turn up on an album. And, and and I thought about it when I was focusing on it for my write-up. And it made me think about those techno dance songs that I listened to in the 90s that was kind of like that and he did it like really well yep yep he should have he should have released that as a single like right after the new girl episode aired but yeah I know like giving it to like local radio stations and have them play it I don't know yeah I mean what the heck (laughs) yeah okay um 35 oh I'm losing my question 35, the greatest romance remix from Rape Into, Joy Fantastic. This okay. one just slightly outdid the original. But I think it's just because I really like the vibe of it and it just runs a bit longer and I get to stay in that world a little bit longer. It's, yeah, I don't get bored for a second of it. It just, just appeals to me. I love it. Right. This is another one of those songs that I sing to myself quite often, um, especially the the part about um, I know you can feel me, I know you can dance, but what do you know about the greatest <laughs> romance? Not what you not what you think, but what you believe. What was the real reason that Adam never left Eve? So yeah, <laughs> yep. I, that's in my head quite a bit. Okay, 34. Love or money. <laughs> yeah. 
why the heck wasn't this, like, released on the B-side set? Like, all those parade B-sides are so good, and they've never gotten an official release on any compilation. It should have been. It should have been. Yeah. I don't know why it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's repetitive, but with, like, Wendy and Lisa singing the title over and over, but for whatever reason, I just, like, really like it. It's a nice funk workout. And the Camille voice kind of comes out. That's that makes it like extra fun, and the revolution kills it. Just it six, really, it really fits the movie really well with the whole shopping scene and having fun going shopping and you know getting the car and all that stuff. Yeah, no, that was that's definitely cool. Yeah, very iconic scene. Okay. Yep. Okay, thirty-three. The dance. The 3121 version, because I haven't okay. heard the original from, I guess, the Chaplin invasion, but I also kind of don't want to hear the original because I'm afraid it will take away from my love of this version. Yeah. Oh, man. what This almost, it's not quite a masterpiece, but it is close. I think the ending maybe ruins it, maybe a little bit. <laughs> maybe a, he hams it up a little too much at the end. But It's just. It's just not fair. It's just not fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is one, one of those really unique ones that, again, it's like I've come across so many of these songs the first time and think I never expected him to write anything like this, and somehow he did. But I always saw this as like a, a tango. It's very centered around the piano, so it's got kind of a classical vibe to it. Yeah, And yep. I love the two vocals where he has normal register and the falsetto and a duet and oh, really great piano playing on this one. And it's very dramatic and it sucks me in. And sometimes it's like very overwhelming. Hmm. Just incredible. Yeah. Okay. 32. Oh, Moonbeam levels, which I can officially talk about because it was released on the forever compilation. Right. Even though most of us fans have had it for like years. Right. There's just something about this one that just like sucked me in when I first heard it. Just uh, it kind of sounds like maybe like going off on a spaceship or a spaceship lands or something, and then suddenly he comes in on piano and he tells this story, and it's it's a really interesting story. And I really like his piano playing on this, but I I kind of don't like how the guitar comes in later on. It kind of spoils it a little bit for me, but the lyrics oh. kind of help keep me in it for the most part. And just, oof, even in now, nowadays, just, I always, I mean, I always got chills from that third verse where he says, not keeping diaries from his mistakes and fighting for the perfect love until the perfect love he makes. Like, yep. Yeah, now it's like extra chills. And I this is one of those ones I had on my iPod, I think, like shortly after he passed. And it was kind of, um, and it was half reassuring, I think, and half difficult to listen to. Yeah, I can totally get that. Okay, okay 31 is Space. Oh, Space from the Come album. I love the vibe of this one. This one was the one that made me have a daydream and just 
this whole scene came to life and I wrote that story. I don't know what it is about it, but yeah, the the whole rocket launch thing might be the one negative about it because it's a little cliche and he didn't really need to do that. But yeah, yeah, but it's like it's kind of a, a come on ballad where he's trying to like, like, you know, entice somebody, and it's like, well, you got me with that one for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got one of the best uh, maxi singles I think he ever released with all the different versions on it. I I personally love the acoustic version a lot. But yeah, great songs. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy. The, the uh, what was that one? The, the uni- oh yeah, Universal Love remix. That's kind of crazy. He right. does some new lyrics for it, yet somehow they work. It's really right. crazy. Right. Okay. Ooh. 30, I think, with maybe one exception. It's my favorite B-side, 17 Days. Okay. Oh, man. It was the very first B-side I listened to. I think it might have been the first, one of the first um, uh, files I got from another fan that I listened to. And I still picture like listening to it on that old one amp video music player thing with like the equalizer bars like going up up and spiking with the music. I always remember that. Yeah. And yeah. And then kind of funny. It's the lyrics are "Let the rain come down," but I always think about snow. I don't know why. Huh. But that's like always the vibe I got, and just really like the story of this one and. Yeah, there are times that it just feels like magic. I really enjoy it. Ooh, okay. I think we are at the very last 9.5. And it's, ooh, this, this one's really personal to me. Okay, 29 is Somewhere Here on Earth from Planet Earth. Oh, I really love this one. Yeah. Yep. Great ballad off of this album. Almost. Yep. It's it's not always, but it seems like a, a lot of albums. The third song is always a ballad, and yep. yep. I I just yeah. The whole vibe of it, like from the start, like he drops the needle on a record player, and it feels like very like classical and like old school, but it's also kind of modern at the same time. Yeah, uh, probably one of my favorite falsetto performances by him. I can love it. Yeah. So such a pretty heartbreaking listen to, to yeah thing to listen to. Yeah. And yep. it just like sucks me in every single time. And it's very cinematic and it's the funny thing was I was like maybe starting to conceptualize what I saw and then the music video came out and it's like uh, it's kind of hard to think about the song without that coming to mind as well done as it was. Right. Yeah, he he looks so good in that video. It was so well done. And it's so crazy to say, it's like I was reading the 21 Nights book and supposedly like on one of those nights he took off the frog and shot the video after he had like performed all night and stuff. Like the fact he was able to do that is crazy to even think about. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I think what I really like about it is just his vibe in the video, in the video, but also just listening to him. It's, I mean, it's what that, like what I said with thirty one twenty one, where that's kind of the version of him I think about when I just think about him in general. And this video right. comes to mind also just his air of sophistication and experience. And it's like the but, past song where I was all in love with him over and over again. Thinking of the video, it's almost like it's almost like he's a more mature version of the Christopher Tracy character. But um Oh yeah. You know, really really distinguished and yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. That was just a random thought I had, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would have thought of that on my own. <laughs> That's kinda neat. Yeah, I I think with this, just this whole album in general, I don't think with Platter, if I'd ever heard it, what, well, maybe I had heard it maybe once with somebody else in the room, but pretty much all my experiences have been, like, on my own. And I would, like, I would have it in my car. And, yeah, it was kind of, like, a mixed listen, I think, the week I had the album. Because, like, I really get sucked into it, and then... There's that final line where he says, as long as I'm here. And then I'm thinking, right. he's not here anymore. And then it's kind of like right. the spell's broken for like a second. And it's like, it brings me down a bit. But at the same time, it makes oh. me want to just drive to an airport, catch a plane to Minneapolis and freaking go to like Paisley Park or something. <clears throat> just like be near yeah. him. That's the whole yeah. vibe that, that it kind of makes me... The, the only thing that kind of yeah. kept the song out of, like, the top is that cheesy, in this digital age, you can just page me lyrics. Like, he had to put, <clears throat> like, some random lyric in there that just, like, even you couldn't pull it off, friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we are now down to every song I gave a perfect 10. So we're getting okay. serious. There we go. Okay, 28, style. Style is puppy breath. Style is no fear of death <laughs> from emancipation. Love the, yeah. the whole vibe, the whole band vibe with this one. It's very cool groove with the horns and stuff. Bunch of interesting metaphors that he, like, strings together. I think only friends could come up with stuff like this. And oh, the Michael Jordan reference kind of dates it a little bit, but... Yeah. Now, heck with Dane, and it's a really good song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Style is always cab. <laughs> style is hailing a yeah. cab, and you know, give them the finger when they pass your ass. That's something you hear again. Yeah, yeah. I think it encapsulates, I think it encapsulates everything that makes Prince cool, you know? I mean, yep. it's, his, it's his cool anthem, you know, so... That's what's cool oh, yeah. about that song. Okay. <laughs> Getting down to it. 27, Crimson and Clover off of Lotus Flower. Another cover. Interesting. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's definitely the most unique one because it's not entirely Crimson and Clover. There's a little wild thing thrown in there, and I didn't yep. find that out for like a little while. I think I heard the original version of Crimson Clover. I'm like, okay, where is that thing? And all then later I heard Wild Things. Like, ah, oh, he put those together. 
But yeah, yep. cool. Cool. I have written cool psychedelic underwater effect and a lot of yep. solar guitar solos. Yep. Definitely a Prince production. And he perf- also performed this on Ellen and did a really good job of it. So, yeah. And then you I got think it's my favorite song off the album. You got the great <laughs> video, too, with, with Missy Copeland. Oh, right, yeah. I, I think I only saw maybe the the teaser on the Lotus Flower site when it was on because <laughs> I oh, really? didn't want to pay the $77 to see the whole thing. <laughs> so you haven't seen the whole video? Nope, I don't think I have. Okay, well, we'll have to change that. Okay. Yeah, funny All thing, right. Lotus Flower is like... That's my favorite song off the album. It's a cover. Go figure. Oh, well. Oh, well. Sometimes things just work out that way. Yep. Okay, 26, Reflection, off of Musicology. Nice. Yeah, nice little ending to the album. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not like... It's not a big old ballad, a power ballad. It's just like a nice chill song. It's very... Ugh. It's hard to, to to not use this word reflective. It's very like like introspective, and I liked this even yep. before I saw his performance with Wendy on Tyler Smiley. Yep, it's funny but, yeah, to hear him talk. It's funny to hear him talk about when he was younger. Remember all the way back in the day when we would compare his Afro was the roundest. Yeah, and then like. Few years after that, he brought it back. Go figure. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, monster number twenty-five, crystal ball. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that is a, that is a monster of a song. I think I'd only heard it through like maybe three or four times ever, but it's not the kind of song I would want to overplay because a I don't always have the time for, and b I do not want to lose anything from this site or exposing myself to it. And I really don't right. remember anything specific. Just the whole the music, how epic it is and Wendy and Lisa and um, the backing vocals and just the whole vibe of it. Yeah. I mean it <laughs> it's one of those songs that feels like it goes on forever, but it goes there there are lots of peaks and valleys and you know, the sound changes and the tempo changes and the yeah, it's a monster song, definitely. Okay, another closure. 24, last December, from Rainbow Children. Love that song. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a tough album to listen to, not just the whole Jehovah's Witness thing, but after reading my book, it kind of might have ruined a lot of it for me forever. Just, like, how, how he moved on so quickly, and he's, like, kind of portraying her in that way. But, yeah. but this song, it can't, it can't be touched by any of that. And it's just, wow. It's always like a highlight of the album. It's just, it makes you think about stuff whenever you listen to it. And then exactly. nowadays, it's like kind of hard not to. They can help, help us think if he, if he knew 2015 was his last December. Right. Like, I, that's the kind of thing I think about every now and then. I listen right. to it, but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, twenty-three. Oh, dance for me from 
Minneapolis sound. Camille is back, and it is awesome. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's a good song. Yeah, that's probably my favorite song on the on that album, for sure. Yeah, definitely not one of my favorite albums as a whole. I mean, there's maybe one too many ballads on it. But, yeah, this song always kind of stands out. Great, great instrumentation, great lyrics. From your journey choose to your ultra lash. That's like the one thing that kind of sticks out. That particular lyric. <laughs> yep. Okay. Twenty-two. One, you are mine. Thirty oh, mine. It's like the one song that made, kind of made the cut here, and that's perfect pop perfection. Yeah. I love it. I haven't. I've heard maybe a. Maybe like ten seconds of the Cindy Lauper version, but yeah, Prince's version. I mean, you can't beat it. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard it at all. Um, yeah, the whole album was basically demo tapes, but they have their unique charm, and I wouldn't want a remastered version. And that includes this one. I kind of, I like, I like, and I like the story. is kind of an interesting story. I love you more than I did when you were mine. Like. Uh, and also some some great guitar there too. It's not electric, but it really he really sells it. Yeah, I love the the breakdown towards the end of the song where it breaks down into just guitar and he's singing "When You Were Mine" and yeah, it's it's awesome. <laughs> okay, twenty one from the truth. Don't play me. Yep. It's kind of funny. It gets. The, the album gets off to a really good start with the title track, and then this one is just as good, if not better. Yeah. And just really nice lyrics in this one where he says that he's all these things, and I'm the wrong color and I play guitar. I'm over 30. I don't smoke weed. <laughs> don't play me. I already do in my car. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Got that sense of humor coming out again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the truth is a great album to have in the car. And Yeah. I I think I put it in maybe a couple weeks after he passed and it's it, he really felt alive to me when I was listening to it. It was like he was riding shotgun with his acoustic guitar, he was in the car with me. That that type of thing. And yeah. it really came out with this particular song. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Okay. Top 20 starts with Bambi. Killer guitar. Ooh, there we go. Yeah. Oh, this is so crazy. Um, that he, he wrote this back in the 70s, and the the whole storyline of it is, like, he finds out that his girl's actually a lesbian, and he's trying to woo her back. Right. I, I, and that one there, it's like, I'm going to show you what it's like to be loved by a man. It's like, oh, I always like, I really pronounce that out loud when, when that lyric comes out. It's such a fun lyric. But yeah, and of course, fans will think about the Undertaker version of this also. Less like the MPG Power Trio. It's, uh, I, I love that first right. guitar, guitar riff, that, that solo that opens after like the second verse. I really like that part. But then the whole groove of the Undertaker version just 
it's mostly an instrumental anyway, but I really don't care because right. they kill it. Right. And he played it with Third Eye Girl, too. I actually saw him play it with Third Eye Girl at Paisley Park, and that was, yeah. like, amazing. Like, my face melted. It was so hot. Okay. 19, Pheromone. Stop earlier from the Come album. Yeah. Oh, man, this is so... Another six song, very cinematic. I wrote a little Hitchcock rear window influence, possibly, because he's, like, he's spying through the crack in the door and something that's going on, and he's yep. turned on by it, and he's wondering if he should rescue this girl or just keep watching. And yep. Yeah. This, it's kind of like Prince's... Kind of like Prince's version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, <laughs> way before it happened. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Prince was ahead of his time, definitely. Yep. It's probably a guilty pleasure also. I shouldn't like it quite as much as I do, <laughs> and he's the only person that can do a song like this and make me like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of cool. Okay. 18, the one from New Power Soul. Not the best yep. album, but it's worth it just for this one song. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. The video is great, too. With yeah, my taste really choreography. nicely done. Great job, Mike. My t- yeah, my taste choreography and all that. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And the the live versions he would do with he would take the Alicia Keys song Fallen and do a medley of that with the one. And that, I think, was really cool. It really, really worked really well. Wow. Okay. 17 Dark from the Come album. Yep. I don't think I liked this one quite as much when I first heard it, but there was a point where it just clicked, and it's Oh, love the vibe of it. It's technically flawless. I love the the organ and the horns creating that atmosphere. Yeah. And another great vocal performance. And I like to sing to this one. Maybe a little oh, yeah. too much. I try to I try to do like all of the the vocal things he does, and maybe I don't nail them, but whatever. I'm in my car doing it, so <laughs> no harm, no foul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one thing I will say, he he put a remix of this on Crystal Ball, and I'm like, why? Why why would he mess with perfection? It's like the, he just, it's like the same vocal practically, but it was different, a different music in the background. And it's like, dude, the music doesn't go with the lyrics. If anything, he should have re-recorded the vocal to fit the music. Right. It feels like it right. lost the meaning of the song. Right. Okay, teen. Okay, I said Thunder was an underrated opening. Live for Love is an underrated closer for an album. Okay, okay, yeah. I don't know what it is about this one, but it just always got me. Love the the whole musical production of it. And it's really, him in the end is really killing it. Yeah, it's really intense and really theatrical. Yeah, I think this is the only song on the list that has Tony M on it. 
I mean, I have gotten used to his contributions over the years. I don't really, I still don't like his stuff on the symbol album, but on Diamonds and Pearls, I feel like it does work for most of the songs. And I got a, a picture in my head while I was writing about this just to have notes. And I was like, he said, Frank says, the angel on my shoulder starts coaching. And I was like picturing the whole, you know, the angel and devil on the shoulders, but it was just like Tony. Right. He was tiny and he was on his shoulder and he was like, he just was dressed as he usually is, but he just, <laughs> the, the funny visual came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great ending. I love, like, it kind of, it's kind of like being in a plane and he's like a war pilot and he's, Debating right. about whether this is the thing he wants to do, right? And like all these what ifs, and then the, supposedly the, the plane crash lands, or he gets like hit, and the music really supports that, especially with like the last minute or thirty seconds, like just when that guitar solo starts, it's like start to finish. It's like oh man, so good, and yep. ends it with a bang, and it's just love it. Yep. Good stuff. Okay, 15, the original bedroom ballad, Do Me Baby, from Controversy. Yes. My favorite ballad of all time, personally. I love this song. This falsetto is just flawless. Yeah, actually, early early this week, I mean, I I meant meant to listen to this for a while, but I guess I was so busy going through the album. Albums I was already past this particular period. So I listened to Doc, Dr. Funkenberry interview Andre Simone, and of course this song came up, and all he said was that it, like it came out of a, like a bunch of sessions that songs that he and he and friends played together with and uh, Peppy Willie was in the room, and then the song came out, and and Andre was like saying, "Oh, everybody else made a bigger deal out of it than I did when he put it on the album," that so he seemed okay with him using it. Right. But definitely the the vocal stylings on this is so uniquely French. Oh and yeah, the, scre- the screams and then and then you got that whole spoken part where it gets really intimate and yeah, it's, yeah, it's no. quite a song. I was thinking about yeah. it. I was thinking about it last night and it was making me blush just thinking about it. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like no. I never had that human experience, but I'm like thinking that's probably going to come. That probably comes really close to what that would be like. So, whatever he yeah. did, he nailed it. And it's like this really long. I don't know how long the song is, but it just it sucks me in from start to finish. And I could even listen to the instrumentals, just the piano and the plucking yeah. of the bass. And I could listen yep. to that forever. That's so well played. Yep, I agree. Okay. I agree. Okay, 14. I think is my favorite off of 3121, The Word. Yep. Groovy. Atmosphere. So good. Very oh. groovy atmosphere, yep. Definitely. Yeah, funny thing. I didn't know for a while that was kind of meant to be like a religious reference or something, but... Yeah, you can right. interpret it however you want. Right. Yeah, I always kind of picture him performing this one, just multiple versions of him in, like, this big, dark room with him playing all of the instruments. 
13, Damn You, from the symbol album. Oh, there Great you go. Great Another of those, one of the best falsetto performances. The only thing that ruins it is just having the arrogant segue, like, at, right at the back of it. It's like, why couldn't he have made that its own track? Can't really yeah. put into a compilation that way. But. I, always, I, always, I have a version of that with the, the arrogant segue cut off. So I'll have to send that to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one thing I wrote, and I didn't really think about it right away, but I was thinking how it's nuts that the MPG can hit so hard, but they can also, like, like pull it back and play really nice on songs like this. I think it's Levi and Guitar on this one. That yeah. I just really yeah. like the, the vibe of it. Yeah. Twelve. Ooh, shivers. Anastasia from Love Sexy. There we go. One of his most spiritual songs, I would say. Yeah. It, it's really hard to put into words this one, but yeah, it's like so cinematic and dramatic. And it's like, it's almost like a climax of his musical career at that point. Because he was always trying to balance the sexual and spiritual. Songs right. like Temptation would come out where he he's like trying to like master that love is more important than sex, and then it's about like love is God, God is love, and just trying to strike that balance. And then eventually, he I guess maybe he did when he became a Jehovah's Witness and kind of left a lot of that raunchy stuff like behind him. But right, right. Yeah, just definitely the the big climax of Love Sexy, which would be Prince the Musical, I guess. Right. Okay. Eleven. The question of you from Graffiti Bridge. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, it's which... crazy that this is a poem practically, and after that, it's all instrumental. Yep. Really cool, really cool vibe. And I like how it starts, and it's like, like the percussion part kind of sounds very kind of like swampy and stuff. It has it brings an interesting vibe to it. And yeah, he, a lot of fans will remember how he combined this with the one just playing the groove from this song, and then the one doing the lyrics. And it's, right. I think I might have been on the Indigo Nights disc. And but, that was yeah, the only I think it, was. it really works. Yeah, I yeah, think it was on the Indigo Nights disc. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Okay. To, me it's, to me, it's interesting to know that it was, well, I don't know if it was written then, but it was definitely recorded around the same time as Under the Cherry Moon. Yeah, I think it so was the, 1986 when it came out, or he wrote it, yeah. Yeah, so the really kind of similar um, sound-wise, but yeah, really, really captivating and really enchanting. Yeah, I agree with that, definitely. Okay. We are cracking the top ten, people. This is getting real. Okay. Um, <laughs> number ten, one does cry. 
Oh, wow. Ten, okay. What can you really say about this song? It's Signature Prince. That's all I can basically think of to say. Yeah. Yeah, this was the video I watched after Little Red Corvette. My official first day of becoming a fan. And in addition to, like, the the hint of nudity at the the start of the video, that kind of, like, helped not me, like, not like the song at first. And plus, coming off of that other song, it's, like, entirely different. Right. And now I can kind of appreciate why it's so different because I just hear these really cold drum, Lynn drum beats and then there's some sense like thrown in. But yeah, it's right. definitely a masterpiece. And it's a shame the radios refuse to play the whole version. I don't understand why they have to like, oh, we, we need to make, have, have it set into the rotation so we can only do three minutes. Like, no, the best, some of the best stuff is like after all the lyrics stop. Right, exactly. A guitar solo, yeah. Right, well, they do they do the exact same thing with Purple Rain on the radio. I've noticed they stop they yeah. stop it like they stop it like right before the solo, and it's like God, why do you have to do yeah. that? You know, but it's like, I was gonna get to that later, but you beat me to it. Yeah, nowadays yeah. I hear I'll hear it on the radio at work, and I can't even listen to it. It's like I have to like put on my iPod because like it's like I, I have to like oh you're there I like leave the room and I play through the whole thing in my head and then like yeah, come back yeah. into yeah 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 my favorite lyric on that one is in the second verse where he's like you've got the butterflies all tied up I always sing that one out loud even if I'm not singing to the rest of the song it's just such a cool visual Cool lyric. Yeah. And no baseline. He made it work without baseline. Warner Brothers. So. Yeah. The the wind drum is the bass. That's what it is. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Ooh. I'm gonna be, be like oohing and eyeing over the last couple songs. K nine. <laughs> if I was your girlfriend. Yes. Epic. Epic song. Yeah. Funny I thing. Mean, I. Uh, I, I I heard um, kind of the story behind it before I heard the actual song. Susan Rogers was being interviewed about it, and she was talking about how Prince wanted a relationship with Susanna that was the way her relationship was with Wendy and Lisa, just that female camaraderie, like there's a certain intimacy that kind of comes with that that a man really can't infringe on. And this was his way of trying to, like, really get, like, kind of overcome that. And I don't think I would have appreciated the song the same way if I hadn't heard that. And there's even, she even said there's, like, like there were a couple of missteps or errors on some of those Sign of the Times tracks. And she accidentally had the vocal setting off when she did he did the backing vocals and it got like distorted. So she's like worried, Oh no, it's all distorted. It's ruined. And then he, he, I don't know if he noticed the mistake or not, but he kept it in. But yep. definitely, yeah, probably the best, not the, well, maybe not the best. It's my favorite Camille track. Some of, some parts, points of the, of it 
the emotion that comes out of it, his voice like almost seems to break. It's he's so into it, and like oh, it hits me like right here. It's like so good. Definitely a, yep. a, a Prince original for sure. Nobody else can pull a song, off a song like this. Yeah, it has it has probably my favorite Prince lyric of all time is in that song. It's would you run to me if somebody hurts you, even if that's somebody yeah, with somebody me. with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so many good lyrics in that song, definitely. Yeah. Okay, a joy and repetition. It was so hard to choose between this and question of you which one I would put higher. But I think this one just edges it out because it just takes things a step further. Yeah. And that was probably one of the better, um, in the, the movie, I think it might have been one of the better uses of the song. Like, the question of you was just a make-out scene in the alley. It's like, yeah, okay, sure. It, it didn't really work for me. But the whole <laughs> vibe and the look of the video, the visual version of this song, it totally works. I can, it almost matches what I had seen in my head. Right. Such a journey from start to finish. It's so good. Oh yeah, the the guitar. I mean, the, the guitar just wails. I mean, it's 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 like a character in the in the song. I mean, yep. It's like another another you know separate voice in the song. You know, it's so good. Yeah. Okay, number seven. And it's kind of funny how. This one kind of worked out because it's, again, seven is Prince's favorite number. And Way Back Home ended up being number seven. So figure. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a deep song. And especially hard to listen to in light of Prince's yeah. past. Yeah. It's probably one of his most personal songs that he's ever done. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was even writing my notes for this one, and it was, oh, man. It, it got to be kind of hard, like, towards the end of it. It's like even thinking about all that. But what I see, what I wrote at the start was, it's one of those songs where I said, I can't believe he can still write like this. Not to be right. cynical or jaded or anything like that, but it was just kind of surprising to hear something so good, so open, and just the whole vibe of it just really, like, sucked me in. And the first few times I listened to it, like, I kind of saw myself in it because he was saying how he, like, he doesn't belong, I feel, sometimes that I don't quite belong and I'm not sure where my place is. And I don't know, this song can mean something to the to every different to everybody, and that's the kind of nice thing about it. Yeah, and I, I, I like the whole unity of the album, where we have this song, and then it kind of comes back at the end again with the final affirmation. But at the same time, right. it kind of feels like the other two songs in between. It kind of like takes away from that. Like, and I'm kind of like so wrapped up in the song, like nothing else really matters to me anymore. So it's like. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the Funk and Roll remix a bit more than the original, but even then, it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah. It's almost like 
the album should have like kind of ended with this and the final affirmation that be it. But yeah, yep. this was this I don't know why I I I brought this out like after April twenty first, but I just randomly put it in my car and then ooh. It was one of the tougher moments. Like yeah. just I try not to think about I never say the word gone, first of all, because he said it yeah. and the one saw never say that they're gone. So I I try to keep his spirit alive and celebrate him. And I don't focus on the negative or a focus on the fact he's no longer here. But this is one of those things where it's kind of, kind of hard to do that. And then the final affirmation, he's not really in the song at all, except unless that, that backing beat that sounds like a heartbeat, maybe that's his heartbeat. Um, we really don't know. It but, would be nuts if it was. But, but yeah, it was a such a difficult listen. Like, I I broke down when I was, like, I was still able to drive and all that, but I broke down when I was, like, driving home, and I'm like, I don't know if I'll be able to play this album again, and eventually I would have to come back to it. And it was kind yeah. of hard not to feel sad and not to miss him. But, yeah, all you can say is yes at, at the end of that. <laughs> more yeah. to say, except there are six songs left. Yep. Okay. Number six, the beautiful ones from Purple Rain. Oh. Yep. Probably the best example of a vocal performance by Prince, where it's just absolutely flawless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This was one of those solo performances off that album where he did everything. And when I saw the movie as a whole for the first time, it was surprising to see him on the piano because I don't know. I knew that he played piano, but I didn't think of him as the person that played piano on stage. So that was an interesting side of him, just the whole performance. I love how the synths were so much passion in those vocals and how the music just builds right along with him. Yep. Okay. Five. I am going to get so much hate for this one because I put Purple Rain at number five and not number one. Okay. That's understandable. That's yeah, like, yeah, like boo hiss, it's not number one. But the whole reason I think is because everything above this I have some personal connection in there somewhere. And I think with this yeah. one I found it maybe a little too late, maybe after the fact. Although I do have some history with it. Like when I first saw the the whole movie and I saw the performance, I will always remember just being like in tears during that performance. I don't know when that it it got to me, but it did. And then my mom came in the room and was like, oh, "Dinner's almost ready." And she's like, "He just did purple rain, didn't he?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> After a while, like I would, I mean, I would be in tears like every time I listened to it, but. I did become desensitized after a certain point where it didn't affect me quite as much. Yeah. But then, yeah, after his passing, (laughs) I saw the movie two more times. Once was April 21st last year to kind of mark one year since the day. And I I took the day off from work because I don't 
think I can be around other people on April 21st anymore because, like, right. it's going to be hard not to think about him. So, right. Yeah, it was it was nuts watching the movie again. It's not like I hadn't seen him in that whole year, but I hadn't seen the movie. So it was kind of, like, great being in his company again, but then the song came out, and then but the lyric that really got me, I never want to be your weekend lover. I only want to be some kind of friend. That hit me, like, right in the yeah. heart. And that I felt like speaking to me at that point. And yeah. then from there, I was pretty much a wreck for, I mean, I was able to get back, get back together for the final two songs, which are, like, the big highlight of the movie for me. But Right. And then the, one, the next time we saw it, all of us were seeing, and then my aunt had never saw it, so we saw it together, and man, they they saw me, like, become a big wreck, and then my mom comes over, pats me on the shoulder, she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. Okay, we need to bring things up again. Number four, Little Red Corvette from 1999. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just to briefly yeah. touch on, on the sad stuff again, this was the song playing in the car, I turned on the car, and it was on the radio. I'm like, oh, it's cool. They're playing this song. I'm like, wait, this song only plays current stuff. And then it's like I check my phone, and I see two texts, and it's like, oh, no. Like, like I, I yeah. got the news, like, shortly after, like, at the end of the song. So there was a stigma yep. attached for it. It's like, uh, I don't know if I can listen to the song anymore, but it's like I still do. And now I am back to where I'm kind of kind of happy when I listen to it again was right after that, and I'm like, I I don't remember if I actually pumped my fist in the ear as I was, like, like leaving work, at, at, like, in the car or whatever, but it was like, yeah, I'm going to celebrate. I'm not going to waste my time being sad. Right. Right. But anyway, this was, yeah, the first video I watched after the Super Bowl appearance that he did. And, oh, okay. Yeah, really great video. I'd I'd heard about the song, and that it's not about a car. It's innuendo, of course. Why not? Mm. But it's like really great production. Um, really sick. Lindrum, really good Lindrum. Um, Jeff Dickerson playing guitar on that solo, like really good solo. And then I found out recently that. The girl that inspired the song, she actually made a jockey, so that wasn't just a metaphor to go with the Trojans. It was actually fast. Right. Go figure. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Okay. Big three. Number three is uh, uh, Shush from The Gold Experience. Okay. Yeah, definitely okay, a yeah, great that, production ballads. Oh, yeah, that makes, that makes sense because it's on the one from one another special, isn't it? I don't think so. I think it was in The Beautiful Experience, which had a lot of the come from. Oh, The Beautiful Experience. Yeah, I'm mixing those up. Sorry. No, that's okay. I think it, it was on that configuration at one point, too, so it's not a difficult mistake to make. Yeah, what a performance, this one. The MTG is so good on it. Michael Blay on the drums, and then, like, Really great vocal from Prince. Really, really passionate. And he has two guitar solos, and they're two. They're very different. One is like very melodical and pretty. 
and the other one has got so much passion and range. And I feel so much when I listen to it. It blows my mind, but also, like, kills me. It make, I fall in love with it. Seven minutes and change, and not a moment is wasted. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and then there's one video I have hanging around where he performed it live in Hong Kong, and John Blackwell was on drums, and he was killing yep. it. Yep. Yeah, I watched that again for, like, the first time in years, I think. It was right before I did Musicology. And just, like, seeing him perform, I was like, oh, man, so good. And just, it was everything. Okay, yep. two. Alexa de Paris from, well, uh, I guess it's the B-side for Mountains. It was featured in Under the Cherry Moon, but it was never officially released on a compilation, and it should be. Yeah, I agree. So that's your officially your favorite instrumental then. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm not hugely into just playing regular instrumentals from Prince, but yeah, this one was this one is magic. Like I, yeah. I was, I felt so lucky to find that it was among among, among some of the files that other fans had sent me, so I get to have this one, listen to it whenever I want. And really great guitar work, and I think Sheila E plays drums. She does a really good job on those too. Yep, shout out to Sheila E. Yep, and no surprise, anybody who knows me, Gold is number one, and it has yep. been for like eleven years practically. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those songs that speaks to you personally, and and uh, yeah, I know you hold it dear to your heart. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, this one is particularly crazy because it felt like for a while it was, every time I listened to it, if I was going through something, it, there was some kind of message that always came out. And the funny thing was, I think maybe the second time I heard the record, the gold experience, I was so overwhelmed. And I was thinking, how am I going to be able to do this if, not a lot of the songs are going to work for me. Like, I'm not comfortable with some of the material if Prince the right artist and I over and over my head, like, all the negativity and that was coming up. And then, I don't know if it was God or if it was Prince, but somebody reached out to me in this spiritual way, and I think I wrote it down somewhere about all the things that I got out of it. And it was like, do things at your own pace. Don't worry about what everybody else says. And pretty much that whole vibe. So that's kind of why this song is above Purple Rain for me, even though it follows the same pattern. The point is practically copied it. But, yeah, from that first note, it just, like, grabbed me. My ears perked up, and it was, like, pretty much love after that. So we made it to uh, 100. So any any final thoughts? What a ride. I don't know what the heck happened during it, but it it was a great ride. <laughs> and that I think that sums up every fan's journey with Prince. It's a heck of a ride, and, and I hope while well, we know that it's still not over. He's gone, but he's 
he's never going to be forgotten, and his music's always going to live on, and and we're we're always going to have him. So, on that note, I suppose we better say goodbye for now. And this is Chris okay. Hanson. Thank you for listening to the Purple Nights podcast. You can follow me at PK Podcast, and you can follow Dreamy Pop at Dreamy Pop Lover on Twitter. Goodbye, everybody.